This it's the 9th of September. This is the audio podcast show 128. Welcome to 1984. Yay! <laughs> um, I, I forgot to ask before the show what that title's a reference to. I love the title, but anyway, that was Scott here. I'm Samuel Freeman. Adam Yantra's here as well, and we have a special guest. Indeed, we do. Uh, before we move on to the standard sections of the show, don't forget you can get in contact with the audio podcast um, via email, show at theaudiopodcast.co.uk, via Twitter, at the audio podcast. And if you uh, enjoy, if you ever catch us live on YouTube Hangouts, you can actually follow our notes as we follow them because we follow the same notes that you read. So that's theaudiopodcast.co.uk forward slash show, forward slash one, two, eight. And before we get to the news, we have the interview. Yes, we so, do. This week, we're, we're joined by um, Matthew Hines of Isotope. Hello, Matthew. Hi, how are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Very well, thank you for joining us. I, I was excited when uh, Isotope gave us the, uh, or like, got in contact and said, could you consider an interview? Because uh, I consider um, Isotope and RX in particular to be a, one of my life-saving kind of tools for those times when things have gone slightly wrong. So it's a great privilege to meet you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about um, about RX then for our listeners who don't know anything about it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in a nutshell, it's uh, two things. It's a standalone application and also a suite of plugins in all the major plugin formats that we're used to working with. Uh, and it's basically a, an audio repair and restoration suite. So, you know, there's things that remove background noise, distortion, reverb, clicks, crackles, thumps, plosives, all the sort of typical problems that can come up in recording. Um, you know, some of which you can avoid but you get stuck with. Um, some of which you can't avoid, especially if you're recording on location or shooting with some sort of portable equipment and that sort of thing. So. It's mainly aimed at, at anyone who's ever had that piece of audio that they just said, man, I wish I could fix that noise or that distortion or that siren in the background. You may hear, I'm near a busy road, so you may hear a few sirens in the in the back of uh, me right now. But um, that's, yeah, in a nutshell, that's what it's designed to do. Excellent stuff. So um, RX3 has uh, been, been around for a while and something I've used a couple of times, but... I understand that there's a, a new version coming soon, RX4. Can you tell us? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the new, some of the kind of new features that are going to be in, inside RX? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it, it's it's kind of fun because I think more so than any previous version of RX, um, this one was really driven by user request. Uh, you know, not that we haven't in the past listened to our users. Of course, we do every time. But um, once we put RX3 out into the world. Um, you know, it had a few features like the Dialog Denoiser, which was this kind of automatic, real-time, zero-latency plugin, which you could just throw in any host, and that was kind of really great for video folks who had a lot of background noise in their camera mics and that sort of thing, but didn't necessarily feel comfortable tackling audio problems themselves. Um, there are a lot of features like that, but as they got out into the world, people started saying, well, that's great, but now I have this problem and this problem. Essentially, we had kind of educated people that they could fix this many problems. And they started asking, well, how can I fix this many problems? <laughs> um, so the the new version that we're, we're kind of launching soon has uh, a bunch of features uh, basically designed to save time and enable people to be more creative. So 
things like an EQ match module is in RX4 Advanced. Um, and that came about because we had a lot of post-production mixes and also audio uh, you know, music engineers who were saying, well, I recorded a sound with this microphone and this microphone, and they sound different. You know, I need to match them up. Uh, maybe I need to smooth over and edit, but this was done with an SM57. This was done with a 414. That kind of idea that the EQ profile might be slightly different, so that module's been thrown into RX4 Advanced. Um, there's also things like an ambient match module. Um, that really is aimed at sort of anyone that's editing audio for you know TV and film. Any kind of uh, I know for me I do a lot of mixing in that domain, um, and once you get that that scene, it's been the audio has been chopped up to match the video, and so there's a lot of gaps and dropouts and you need ambiences and room tones to, to fill those different scenes. And so ambient match is just kind of this intelligent tool which says, all right, this is the audio that you have. These are the gaps. I'm just going to fill the gaps with a synthesized version of the ambience that should have been there. Um, so kind of a, a few tools like that that really speed up the, I don't need to spend 10 hours getting the perfect EQ curve to match my microphones together. I don't need to spend a bunch of time cutting and pasting room tone and ambience to try and smooth over an interview or an awkward edit. Um, there's also a, a, a leveler module which we've added. Um, if anyone works in Pro Tools or you know other hosts that have clip gain, you'll be familiar with the idea. You know, It's not by any means revolutionary, but just the fact you can grab a clip and within the clip draw gain adjustments. You, know, you add little nodes on a line and you, you pull them about. Um, and we spoke to a bunch of our users who said, yeah, this is something we do all the time, um, especially because if they're about to compress an audio track, it doesn't matter whether it's dialogue or music, a lot of the time they'll want to draw in some volume automation ahead of time uh, because that can actually allow the compressor to work less hard. It'll sound more transparent. Um, and they were spending hours and hours doing it, especially some of the uh, folks that we have at editing dialogue for feature films. You know, they have... 60, 90, 120 minutes of dialogue, and they're drawing in all of this manual volume adjustment. So there's a leveler module which uh, you basically shuttle your audio over to RX, and you basically say, I will, "Here's my target RMS level," and it goes through your entire audio track, and it will actually match that target RMS level by adding in hundreds, if not thousands, of these clip gain adjustments for you. So it's kind of like an automatic clip gain. Um, so if you load up a mix, you can just kind of level out all your tracks uh, transparently, non-destructively, before you then add the things that sound nice, like EQ and compression. And so that's kind of it's the the general theme here is you're probably getting a sense it's just kind of workflow. Um, obviously, there's still great sounding DSP in there. I mean, we do have the D-Reverb module, which is extremely cool. We have uh, updated versions of the denoises. So background noise is obviously something that's particularly common um, in any recording. Uh, sometimes worse than others. Um, we also have um, the there's this new idea uh, of RX Connect because we started making all these great features and then people were saying, well, that's great that RX can repair my audio, but I'm working in Pro Tools, I'm working in Logic, I'm working in Reaper, Ableton. You know, pick your host. Um, people were saying, I am in this host, so how do I get my audio to RX and back? And for a lot of hosts, it's actually kind of problematic. You know, you have to find the audio or export the audio, open it up in RX, edit it, save it, send it back, re-import it. So what we have now is this, this plugin, you know, AUVST Audio Suite uh, called RX Connect, and you basically have this plugin just loaded in your session, 
and you can select any piece of audio and just say send it to RX and it actually pulls it out from the timeline. Um, so if you're in Pro Tools, it'll pull any region out, puts it right into RX and you can do literally everything, you know, de-clip, denoise, edit, do all of the things that you would usually do in RX, which a lot of people kind of think of as Photoshop to sound um, because it has all these visual aspects we could, we could talk about. And then it shuttles it right back and plops it into the timeline. So it's kind of just like this huge suite of audio repair tools which just plugs right into whatever host you might be working with. So those are the, the sort of big new themes of the release. I mean, there's, you know, we could talk all day about what else is in there. But. That's cool. Um, I think it was with RX3 that the RX document format was introduced. Have yeah. Been, I think, and that includes the thing that really caught my eye of that is that it's got the unlimited undo history saved in there, so you, you, can, you can always go back to all the edits you've made to yeah. your audio. Um, have there been any, anything else added into the document format? With version four. Yeah, yeah, we've added uh, a few different audio formats. So um, we've also added, as well as you know, wave file, this broadcast wave format. Um, we've also added things like FLAC and OG, uh, you know, lossy formats or lossless formats, I should say. Um, so there's a bunch of different ways you can export uh, audio in and out of the RX document. Uh, the unlimited undo history is still there, and actually now. By default, when you load audio into RX, it will treat that as a session file, just like another host. So you can still overwrite the original file. You know, in that sense, it's still an audio file editor if you want it to be. But it's also now designed to kind of auto-save changes. So it really, we're hoping that you lose less work. You know, if you pull a piece of audio in, you hit save. The first thing it's going to it's going to want to do is save it as an RX document because that way, regardless of what happens, you have the unlimited undo history. So there's a, a few functional changes as well as the extra audio formats we've added in. Cool. Um, the other thing that caught my eye when I was reading about this that I hadn't realized until I was looking up for this is that um, you, you won an Emmy Award for RX. What was, what was that like specifically? When, when did that happen? When We did. So that was actually uh, it, almost exactly a year ago. Uh, launched RX3 um, and you know a couple weeks after that we won the Emmy and obviously the, the Emmy wasn't specifically for RX3 because it takes a lot longer than you know two weeks to win <laughs> um, although that would be nice um, but really uh, so the, the t it's a technical Emmy and if you read the small print it it's it says you know it's awarded for a company that's changed the way television is transmitted or presented or, or what have you um, so for us, you know, it was a huge honor because it was basically validation that um, this piece of software is used in pretty much every single TV show and film. You know, it, it's the New York, LA, London, Berlin, San Francisco, wherever people are editing audio for, you know, film and, and TV, the odds are at this point that they're using RX in, in one way or another. Um, and so really that's what we won the ME for, was not any particular version of the software, but just the general idea of the technology we've developed. Because um, I kind of had mentioned earlier the, the idea of Photoshop for sound. So we do, when we pull the audio in, we actually present it as an image. So if there's a cough, you can see the cough over there. Or if there's a, you know, a plosive, you can see it over there. And we have things like a magic wand tool, a brush tool, and 
So people are actually pulling the audio in, painting with it, removing all the problems, and then sending it right back. And that's really that's what we won the, the Emmy for, um, just because once they started... I, I, mean, I guess in L.A. especially, people are now talking about RXing it as opposed to let's fix this or edit this. They just say, well, no, let's, let's RX that. Um, and I know it's very popular in a lot of the post studios in Soho too, in London. So it was a, a huge honor for us. I mean, we were you know very excited, but it's also a, a validation. I mean, kind of we already knew that people were using it there, and now we have this this nice Emmy to kind of go out into the world and prove it. So that's cool. You mentioned the magic wand there. That um, works on the spectrogram, doesn't it? Where you yeah you can. If there's a background noise that you want to remove, you can select kind of the fundamental that you can see, and it'll automatically get all of the harmonics that are part of that sound, but not the desired sound. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, it, you know, if anyone out there has ever used Photoshop and you've used the magic wand tool to select a, a part of the image to then edit, it, this is exactly the same for audio. That's cool. Well, well, awesome stuff. So, um, yeah. Um, now this is one of these great moments where after we've talked about a piece of software and lots of people will be like, oh, I'd really like to try that, but maybe it's a real hassle or something like that. But one of the great features, obviously, is that you can get RX on a kind of free trial download. So if you've yeah. never played with it and you want to, if you've never had a go of it and you're kind of thinking, hey, this sounds like it's going to solve loads of our problems, then you can just go get it, download it, and and try it out for 10 days to see if it is actually going to be the solution. Which I can certainly say from my own personal experience, if you if you have a kind of recording that you've made that you can't remake and there's a and it's a bit of a mess because somebody did it really somebody junior did it really badly, then this is the way you can fix that problem, which is yeah. which is yeah. sometimes a real lifesaver. So I would definitely recommend it. So a lot of sorry, go ahead. No, 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 yourself, yourself, please. I, I was just gonna say a, a lot of uh, people that use RX, they actually come to it because they first encounter the problem. So they might be in a mix. And then suddenly there's this terrible thing that happened that's ruining that perfect take. And then they start Googling, like, how do I get rid of this? Or how do I remove this noise? And then it's through that that they kind of find RX. And then once they know that it exists and that things like this are possible, because um, there's also a lot of people out there that don't know yet that this is possible, uh, you know, then it gets pretty exciting. Awesome. So it, it would be, our listeners would protest greatly towards me if I, if I wasn't to be incredibly cheeky and just... Uh, just ask us, you know, RX4, is it going to be this September? It is definitely coming in September, I can say that much. Um, so we are actually flying out, uh, most of the Isotope team are flying out to the IDC show in Amsterdam. Uh, it's a, a big trade show, um, primarily for, for broadcast um, technologies. So we will be there, uh, we will be presenting RX4 there. Um, and yeah, it, it will be out very soon, but definitely in September. Excellent stuff. Cool. That's really it. That's really exciting. I know a lot of people are looking forward to it, as am I. And there you go. So um, I I don't know if if don't know if I, Adam or Sam, if you have any other questions. Otherwise, um, otherwise, uh, I'd like to th thank you very much for, for coming on the audio podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you regarding uh, RX4 and the activities of Isotope. And um, if anybody yeah, thank you. particularly if anybody wants to get in contact with you or they've got some other question for you or anything like that, is there a way they could uh, get in contact with you? Or? There is. There's a couple ways. Um, so you could contact uh, support at isotope.com. Uh, and that's, you know, any questions. You know, sometimes people, obviously they might have a problem or a bug, but 
other times they have a question on how can I do this better or how can I make this sound better, you know, do you have some advice? So the support at isotope.com goes right to all of us so we can see that. Um, there's also a contact us form on the isotope website. Um, and then we also hang out on Facebook, uh, forwards.com forward slash isotope inc. And, you know, Twitter inc. Um, so you can say hi to us there and, and ask questions and, and so on. Excellent stuff. Well, excellent stuff. So if people are interested, they will find that. We also have some of those links up on the audiopodcast.co.uk within the show notes as well for this week. And excellent stuff. I understand, Matt, that you are heading to a flight. So um, yep. we're saying thank you very much for uh, for spending this time with us. And it's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you very much. For your yeah. Time. Thank you very much. Have a great podcast. Yes, Matt. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. And with that, we go from the interview into... The news. The news. And as we've already said, the show notes are available at theaudiopodcast.co.uk slash show slash 128. And, yep, the news section. What's first? Sam. I'm just checking. I'm, I've hit refresh to make sure nothing's being added. But, no, the first news is still Lush Blend. Um, this is a competition opportunity that's been open for a while and has now been extended um, to the 15th. Blend.io is a project is a DAW project sharing, collaborating, servicey thing. We talked about it a few shows ago, and they are currently running a competition in collaboration with D16 or D16 with their Lush 101 synth. So, a demo version of the synth is downloadable, but it will only work for 30 minutes. And the challenge is to create a tune with the synth, with the instrument in the, in 30 minutes, and to freeze the audio track upload it to Blend or publish it via Blend, tag it with the appropriate tag, and then the two best tunes will be selected by whoever and will win a full version of the instrument. Mm. That's a nice idea for a project. And also also gets Blend involved. Um, as part of that, is it a requirement to upload your session to Blend so other people can access it and be able to do remixes and this kind of stuff? Yep. So, I th- yep. That, that's how you submit is by publishing it on there. And I think that it's. I'd have to double check. It's a couple of weeks since I looked at the exact details, but I suspect that by publishing a project on Blend, it's automatically becomes, you know, available for people to remix. Mm. And yeah, I maybe it'll always have a, cease, a a Creative Commons license, but maybe you can choose exactly whether or not it's non-commercial or or what. Of but course, yeah. um, listeners should um, go back to, I can't remember the number of the show, but we did talk about Blend specifically a few shows ago, and it's an interesting looking platform. I'm, I'm very interested in in taking a look at it, and I've still got the tab open from when I opened it in the show. It's still open in my browser, ready for me to go back to it. And as an added extra, which makes me even more interested than, than before, because before we talked about how, yeah, we talked about which um, DAW it was supporting and versions and things. But they've now recently added, um, just yesterday, I think they announced that Reason is now supported, which I don't use Reason Reason much, but when I do, it's as part of collaborative collaborative projects. And so, yeah, that's that's very cool, very good on the blend front. And, I mean, we should perhaps mention the instrument as well. Lush 101 is a... um, is a synth. It has lots of different types of synthesis built in, and it features. It's, I think it's 
unique thing is the layering of the different parts. So you can have um, up to eight layers going. Either you can have a keyboard split, or you can have different MIDI channels targeting the different layers, or you can have them all simultaneous or combinations. Mm. Seems pretty cool. Sorted, and uh, it, it's so it's not supposed to be an SH101 cover, as it were. I, I suspect that one of the layers of it does have that kind of thing. I, I, but yeah, I haven't, I haven't. I'm going to have a go with this actually. I think you know, given thirty minutes to it, but then, yeah. And uh, and and it doesn't have any functionality built in to uh, playback uh, country samples, does it? Um, no, no, I don't think so. We'd have to use something else for that. Mm, I wonder. I wonder what we could use, Scott. Well, if you're if you have a hankering. To make yourself some uh, some country music on the range, was that enough puns for you? I hope so. <laughs> then uh, UK Music Apps Limited have announced the release of uh, Session Band Country uh, Volume One, which is uh, an iOS iOS app for all kind of current generation iOS devices with over twelve thousand chord based copyright free country audio loops, put together by uh, Jeff Gascoigne. Which is very cool, Scott. You need to add a link in the um, news item it's there, there because. It is. Oh, okay. That has been. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I yeah, Google that before. So I, I guess it's two things. I'm saying if you if you don't know about session band, then session band is a chord based, um, is is a chord based way of putting loops um loops together, and because they work with the idea of a chord rather than a pre-recorded complete loop, it makes it really easy to do things like um auto transposes. And kind of transposers and shifts and automated mixing elements in there. So it's a it's a really powerful it, it's it's a very powerful way of doing the thing it does, which which is definitely kind of fun to see. Anyway, you can find it on the iTunes Store, um, so it's it's worth kind of check out. And there's a load more details on their site, which you can find obviously from the show notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also on uh, the software side. Is uh, is this, is have we talked about the soft tube sale already? Like a few weeks ago, and this is is this a, a completely different thing? So I, I get mixed up. We've had quite a few companies doing good sales over the summer for their instruments. Soft tube are one of them, and we've got details of their sale, which basically runs until the end of September. So SoftTube are offering a TSAR1, TSAR1R, Spring Reverb, Spring Reverb, and Tube Delay with 50% off, and the Studio Collection with 30% off until the 30th of September. And they did have some earlier summer promotions as well. I I don't remember if there was crossover between them, but this is a, a new set that we're running just for the month of September. So I guess it's one of these moments where we could remind people that while the audio podcast podcast is definitely the most uh, fun and fulfilling way to consume the material. Um, that we offer, the uh, the website is uh, far more up to date and doesn't operate on a weekly timetable. Time so, yeah. Yep. So you and could so have found out about this. You could have had these the details of the sale six days ago if you'd been passing through the website. Indeed. What um, is the website, Scott? Theaudiopodcast.co.uk. Yeah, there you go. And an extra thing is that um, the reason rack extension equivalents. Did I get that right? Thirty uh, percent off in the propeller head store as well. Yeah, the rack extensions. The I think it, that's the delays and reverbs. I think maybe yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, Softube are um, provided the new guitar amps. I think for re- for reason eight. I think yes. is that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. Good for them. 
Um, have they provided any uh, new microphones? Only within the modelled amplifier thing. Ah, so if you're gonna, if you want to abstract back into the real world, there are some more microphone options available for you. One of them is from IK Multimedia, and that is the iRig Mic Field, which is actually a high-quality uh, stereo mic. Um, with 24-bit, 44-1, and 48K recording capabilities. Yep, that is true. However, I think you, you, like I suspect most people, perhaps have missed the most significant point, because the most significant point of this whole thing seems utterly trivial at first. Because this, this is how I looked at it. So the big feature of this microphone is the ability to shift the microphone heads by 90 degrees. And, oh. and you're thinking to yourself, what is the point of doing that? Well, the reason for doing that is it's designed to work alongside iOS, de like you know, alongside iOS devices. It comes out of the lightning port connector on it. And the thing that they, and what they've done, what they've realized is, and I'm sure you've probably had this experience, and many of people have as well, is that if you hold your phone in landscape, generally what happens is you don't get the correct stereo left-right recording. You actually get the equivalent of an up-down <laughs> recording. Top, so top, top and bottom recording. Top, yeah. So what this lets <laughs> you do is get the microphone and turn it 90 degrees so you get back to the left-right. So it's useful if you are recording video, for example. Yes. And the, the you're recording the audio of the video. Yeah. The, the most obvious one is if you're recording video and you want to get the audio and you want to get the left-right perspective right, then this is a great starter. That, that's the most obvious one. But to be honest, actually, I was just thinking of all those, those times when I've attempted to record things on a phone and... You know, if you're just trying to balance a phone somewhere, you quite often end up the position of the microphone ends up dictated by how you can balance the balance the phone or the iPod Touch that you're working with. So here is a way of being able to kind of get a little bit more control over the position of the of the microphones relative to the people that you're trying to interview when you put it down on the ground. So I actually I was pretty um it, it was one of those moments where I was like, really? That's that's a feature? It's like isn't that just going to snap and break? And I'd be like the broken part of this. And then I was and like, you're, you're sitting in the bath, and all of a sudden it came <laughs> to you. <gasps> oh like, wow! That's it. It yep. makes so much sense. Uh, well, uh, one thing, one thing to say is last last week we did mention that there is an an Apple iOS event happening today. Unfortunately, we're running the show several hours before this event starts, so. We can't say anything about what happens there, but you know, it's an iOS thing, and we, and it's like it's, it's an Apple type thing, you know. Oh, this is actually a, a thing that we should, you know, design and build into something, and Apple are very good at that. Yeah. I rig, I rig, followed them. I'm as Adam has baited me. I'm going to go for it. I'm still going for headphones. I'm going for new headphones being announced today. That's my. I saw something very silly. Um, on Twitter, which was that there's going to be some kind of head-mounted two-speaker system, which is completely ridiculous. Like, it just the only reason you'd want to do it is to have like five a 5.1 system around your head, and it just it you couldn't take it on the bus. It would be you'd look a complete fool if you did it at home. What are you on about? What What do you mean you'd look a complete fool if you strapped to? <laughs> <laughs> Small size loudspeakers to your head. Well, this this from some from a guy who's got the biggest headphones 
ever made. Adam, you just, you've reminded me of, I, I regret buying it now, at the time I thought it was too expensive, but um, I saw on a market store, like, someone was selling like retro collectability type things, this pair of headphones, I picked it up, and inside it had two speakers on each side, and it had two sockets for quad listening on your head, this 70s made thing. I, I, if I had them now, they, they were bigger than, than Scott's and, yeah. and surround sound, so you know, there's, there is kind of like 70s precedent for for what you're describing there. Mm. Yeah. I'd love to see you try and find some music in quad format. Good luck. <laughs> and on that challenge, we shall head out of head, head out of the news section. Next, as Adam has alluded to, there is the uh, I, there is an Apple announcement today, and I suspect we will probably end up talking about it next week, regardless of how irrelevant it really is to audio. It'll be the Apple special, and all other news is put to one side. But for now, let's forget news completely and talk plunder. Indeed. Into the plunder section we go. Wow. Now, ten minutes before the show started, we had no plunder whatsoever, and we now have a a massive amount of it. So let's start with some some plunder from yourself. Um, This is um, plunder... Inspired by last week's plunder, which was an Amiga, was it? Was that an Amiga-related oh, yeah. thing? Was it? Yep. yep. So thinking of old computers, I'd, I remembered Dave's ZX Spectrum and the neural network program he's written for it. So um, this is from Dave's blog of art and programming. And it's, yep, neural network live coding and retrofitting ZX Spectrum hardware is the title. So the first part with the neural network. Um, Dave has provided source code and a... Um, TZX file for emulators of a a program which has a bunch of nodes that you can navigate to using key, computer the QWERTY keyboard and set different um, weightings of them and then the output of this little neural network of nodes is um, fed to audio and it creates kind of chaotic sound, it sounds really good, this is a YouTube video example and um, the code has also been provided, as far as I can tell um, via SoundCloud, he's got the audio, or which you can plug into the ZX Spectrum as if it was a tape cassette, and play this 30-second audio through, and it programs it up. Like maybe, maybe that's what that is. Audio well, that's should how, also. That's how they used to load programs on Spectrums and Commodore 64s. Isn't yeah, it? I remember on the Commodore, but it's the fact that it's only 30 seconds long is what confuses me. Like, I remember the. I remember the Commodore 64 in particular, the tape minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe when you're younger, 30 seconds feels younger, longer, I don't know. Or maybe it is quite a simple code, I don't know. No, it did take a long time. It did take... Um, when you say retrofitted the ZX spec, ah. what, is this like hardware hacking type thing? So, the, yep, this is the second part, because the video output, the, the, the VDU output of the ZX Spectrum was on the um, high-frequency type, which modern televisions don't have an input for or something. Um, but what you can do is you can open up your spectrum and with or without soldering disconnect the um, power supply to the little modulator output thing it has in there, add one wire in and then it changes the type of output such that you can plug it into um, SCART's type input or the composite That's input. Right. So T- it, oh, the TV modulator, the Amiga used to have that as well because Old TVs only had a an aerial input, and they didn't have a composite or anything like that. So you had to plug in via the aerial and tune the TV in to get the correct thing. Yeah. And yeah, that's what that was. So yep, yeah, the, there's a 
quite a fairly simple hack that bypasses the modulator, so you've just got the direct output in there. Excellent. Very cool. Excellent. There we go, Plunderlicious. Plunderlicious. So now I will go on to my plunder, which is a continuation of Kickstarter Corner, which I can't remember the last time we did Kickstarter Corner, but uh, this week we have the Open Mix, which is the smallest, they say, the smallest audio mixer that you can get. And it's it's about, the actually, I'd say it's about the size of one of those square uh, iPod Nanos. You know, the ones... Um, yeah, it's, it's got inbuilt in uh, with, within it a couple of uh, stereo inputs, but basically it's a crossfader. So the idea is that you plug whatever device is one into one side, one into the other via these stereo um, inputs on the mixer, and you get a dial on the front, and you can very easily switch the audio mix between one and the other. Um, and then it's got a stereo output to run it to a set of speakers. Mm. This is something, actually, I look at it and I'm like, I think Sam Freeman might quite like this because he likes his little mixes. I do. I think the thing that would put me off a little bit about this is that the, 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 two, channel, the two input channels are actually their own physical male plugs. They're, they're fixed. So you have to, you know, without using extra wires with gender changes and things, you you have to have your devices there. Fair enough. You know, it makes it more compact than having female inputs for the Mirjax. I've just noticed actually on the Kickstarter page, it has a third input for um, as well as so you've got the the dial crossfader between those main two inputs, but then there is also an input an input female mini jack for the for a mix input. Yeah. So, so you it's, can... it's, it's basically disconnected from the fader, so it'll mix whatever that input mixes, whatever um, comes into it with whatever happens to be playing through the uh, through the crossfader. So, so in old terms, it's kind of like a six to two mixer. This is. <laughs> yeah, apart from you can't actually the first two stereo inputs you can't run both at the same time. You can only run one full, the other full, or Somewhere in between. Yeah. Maybe that. No, no. Actually, maybe that does allow you. If you put it right in the middle, you could have all four, all six running at once. Yeah, it depends on the what. The, depends what the um, the gain curve is, as you turn the thing around. I should imagine that it only fades out after the other has come all the way in. I don't know. Mm. I think it, it strikes me that the the image that they the image that Adam's put on the top of the story here is kind of completely indicative of the usage case they're thinking of, which is essentially it's like, you know, you're you're at a party and using two smartphones or, you know, two iPod touches or whatever to, to do the music for the day, isn't it? That's what's going that's what the design of it is there, this sort of design element. And yeah, I mean it's and I think it's a to be honest, I'm not I don't think it, I'm I'm not sold on it at all. I'm sitting here thinking, what happens if my power, you know, if I'm going to use my smartphone for anything, I probably need it plugged in all the time. And is this thing going to get in the way of the power supply? Yeah, we've we've had this uh, argument argument a lot, Scott. Where basically well, me, me... you have a very specific use for your phone. Like you can't envisage ever using it for recording because then you'll run out of power, and you won't be able to check email on the way home or something like that. But <laughs> this this is a very Particular thing, and yeah, Sam, you're right. It's it's for parties, really. It's not it's not intended for professional use. It's just a fun little mixing thing that you can plug in and change your tunes. And yeah, I mean, 
it, it's fun. The uh, the cheapest one you could get. There's still some available um, early bird style uh, for the first 200 backers. For $29, you can get one. So not hugely expensive either. And they've got 20 days to go on here, and they're about a quarter of the way to their goal. So good luck to them. That's it. Um, and I think one of the goals might be a uh, $10,000 gold version. So there you go. If you want a gold version of this mixer... $10,000 will give you it. Awesome. <laughs> that, that was awesome indeed. Um, the, the last couple of weeks I've been reading a lot of history, of, uh, of a, lot of, a lot of history of kind of audio technology and audio engineering. Oh, wonder, what, what, what is that for, Scott? What have you been doing that for? I've, I've been doing that for my creative pact. Yes. My, 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 my creative pact is not a... Uh, if you don't know about creative pact, then you can go check out creativepact.co.uk. Adam has finished his, I presume? I, I've completed mine. So mine is not designed for kind of ongoing consumption. It's more a there will be an end thing, which is which hopefully will be kind of worth something. And my intention is to develop it beyond that. But as a consequence of doing this research, this this kind of research, I um, came across the A A E S Oral History Project, which is a series of interviews conducted by the A E S with various kind of practitioners and people within the A E S over the years. So people like Ray Dolby, the um, the guy behind uh, the early Dolby no noise reduction AV systems, and uh, John Chowning from Yamaha and FM Synthesis fame. So mm -hmm. the AES is a bit of a weird organization because um, it is the epitome of everything you think there should be free there isn't free there, unfortunately. But, you know, it, there are excerpts of all these interviews which are very interesting. And I quite often find that if I'm aware of the existence of something, there's many, there's sometimes ways of finding them. Finding the thing you're interested in. And on that bombshell, <laughs> we get to the end of the plunder. I would recommend it to you, though. I would definitely recommend it to you. We cool. haven't made it to the end of the plunder, that is very true. And therefore, we have made it to the end of Tet Audio Podcast. Oh, whoops, sorry, that was a typo. Oh, well. <laughs> Neither of you got that joke. Oh, I I'd got it straight away. It just wasn't that funny. I'd have to write it out. I'd have to write it out for it to make sense properly. <laughs> don't forget, if you've enjoyed the podcast, then feel free to subs uh, subscribe to us. You can find us on iTunes, uh, YouTube, G Podder, Stitcher. 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 Yeah. yeah. If you want to, that's always great. If you have any complaints, then feel free to email us or find us on Facebook or Twitter. Or Google Plus, um, that's that's probably good. If you email us, you almost certainly get a. I I I'm a big fan of email. I reply to email, so if you send us oh, an email, wow. generally get a response. If you Facebook us, I'm maybe I don't know if either of you guys check Facebook. Facebook? What? I think I think I would notice the Facebook, and th there was a time when I would definitely have noticed the Twitter, but the. Twitter is no longer on my radar. I haven't checked the audio podcast for over a while. So if you've been tweeting us, thanks for that. Um, maybe I'll find out later. I'm probably the only <laughs> one who tweets the audio podcast. I guess I know. I I never get responses. To the from the audio. Podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, to as me to the audio podcast. Well, um, I I do I do I do check it every now and again. I'm just aware that I tend to remember to check it about now. Yeah. So. Well, we used to do the old uh, Twitter feature <laughs> about what was that about two years ago, and that was a that was a laugh a minute. That was really fun. 
Um, I, have, I have actually just started logging in as we're as, as, as we, okay well let's let's wrap the show up um, expect next week if if there's a show next week which I don't know we haven't talked about it but uh, it'll be an Apple show yeah, I, I think there can be a show next week is there is a show next week for you okay Sam on Tuesday I, um, I don't know what day but one day next week yep, with, we're, cool. we enter the time of year when days of weeks availability is, is all up for grabs but yeah it, we, the, odd, the audio podcast will continue Next week. Indeed so. There will be an audio podcast next week, but the Tuesday afternoon slot is likely to end pretty soon. But I don't think that's... An... And, of course, important to mention, Scott, we've now entered 8-bit indexing for the audio podcast because we're at, we're, we're at show 128. Indeed so. So you need eight an 8-bit int to... Well, to be honest, it doesn't really matter. Who, who uses 7-bit ints? Oh, oh, wait, MIDI does. MIDI does know. indeed. That's what the reference... So let's, let's, it does and it doesn't. Uses... What's the reference on the show this week, Scott? The title, does it have any significance or is it just a title that doesn't mean anything? To do the Apple show. Oh, wait, no, let, me, let me guess. Because Apple, the Apple show today is happening... Uh, it's happening. I'm going to continue. It's, but it is a 30-year thing from the release of the original Mac. <laughs> Cut you off now. <laughs> it is. It, they're, they're doing their show today in the the hall that they originally um, announced the Mac in, and they don't usually do it in there. They do it somewhere else normally. Yep. But, okay. What is it, Scott? No, no, that 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 that, that is perfectly fine. It, it just struck me that there were lots of significant events that had happened in 1980 as a year in 1984. As a, you know. Okay. Nice. And then we, we had our discussion about MIDI, and um, you know, let, yesterday we spoke about how we made it to the max of the MIDI range, and I thought 1984 is actually the year that the MIDI specification was announced. Oh. Yeah. I think. You think? I think it was 83. I think, but you know, I think it was 1984 is when it was really being uh, adopted. Yes. <laughs> I, I think 1983 for MIDI myself. I don't know why. It just you, feels you right. Well, that's because it was Adam. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> was Robert Moog's announcement that the that the USI would not be adopted but would be expanded to become more suitable for task. 83 January 83 is the first demonstration of MIDI working between two devices, which is a Roland and sequential circuit. And there's a there's a cool photo of that actually happening, which I found a couple of days ago. But 84 is actually the point where there becomes the what well, you know. The, the wide array of MIDI actually arrives and stuff like that. And you see okay. It becomes it more goes from being widespread. Thing into the general thing that becomes available to everybody. You know, and that, and that doesn't mean and general the, the MIDI. One as well and, you know, I, mean, I just thought, it, you know, it was just it was cool. I just liked it, you know. That's all, that's all there is to it. But right. it's nice, it's we, nice go. we got a couple of different references from it. So there we go. It's, you know. It should be noted that for some people who are going to now go back through every show title and try and work it out, lots of them are just purely random. Yeah, so. but some of them have multiple levels of referencing, so you know. That's true. <laughs> You'll find I... that the vast majority are all three words, or or fit reasonably well onto three lines, because that is our the style <laughs> template dictates that requirement. So. Sam, have you been running the stopwatch? No, but I'm going to start doing that for the end of the show. <laughs> I'm going to start timing the end of the show in real time. Because yep. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> minutes. Um, it was four four fifty five, two fifty five, when we started wrapping up the show. It's now one past three. So there you go.
Adam, you're the Six one who minutes. went on the extended Apple tribute. The, the... Hey, well, you guys helped me. Thanks. <laughs> we did indeed. There you go. So for, I'm sure the vast majority of our listeners have uh, either fallen asleep, hopefully not at the wheel, or have arrived at their destinations and not made it this far, or else have came have clearly came to the point where they realize that once the plunder is almost finished, it's time to stop, because otherwise it just goes on. But and we should say thanks once again to Matt Hines from Isotope. That was awesome. I thought that was a great interview. I had a blast with that. I've been Scott here, and I've had a lot of fun today, which is fairly typical. I am Samuel Freeman. Be back with a stopwatch next week. And I am, and shall continue to be, Adam Yanch. And as usual, it has been a fun audio podcast. Do remember to catch our next show. And see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good evening.